Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for everything dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Roland. And we are here to discuss things Dwarf Fortress related. I am from Missouri in the U.S. I'm a software developer, and I just love Dwarf Fortress. I'm Roland. I'm a student from Germany. I play Dwarf Fortress a lot in my free time because I think other AAA games are quite boring these days. I've not played a a new release uh, AAA game in a quite a long time myself. I, I still like playing the uh, the old first person shooter Doom, the first one from like nineteen ninety three. But I'm a bit old school anyway, though. So <laughs> um, I sadly bought AAA games from the last time. I regret it. It's, it's too much money for a small amount of uh, playtime. And Dwarf Fortress is like free and you have unlimited playtime. You can do everything. I watched somebody on YouTube play through the entire uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, he, he played, I guess there are multiple storylines you can do. Mm-hmm. But throughout that entire game, it always felt like you were being funneled into the particular plot line that they had already had planned out for for the game. Yeah, that didn't seem like that much fun. The graphics were astounding, but <laughs> <laughs> something we don't see in Dwarf Fortress every day. Yes, that's true. We decided to start the podcast. Well, actually. I was looking through Reddit and the Dwarf Fortress forums. Uh, I was looking for a podcast to listen to because I am kind of a podcast junkie. And I have listened to the original Dwarf Fortress talk probably five or six times through from start to end. So I was I was looking through the Dwarf Fortress forums and Reddit for, for podcasts with Dwarf Fortress. And I saw Roland's, a post from Roland. Well, yeah. Um... Because uh, someone on the Reddit said that uh, they desperately needed a new podcast. And um, I always thought about like doing something with the game, um, maybe like playing it or something. A podcast seemed nice. So I just asked, who wants to do this with me? Because I'm, I can be like very shy on my own. So I need people to like steer me into it. <laughs> and that was month ago. <laughs> so I was very surprised when actually someone uh, commented on this this thing a few weeks ago. Someone had, had responded to your comment, to your original uh, uh, question, uh, saying, hey, well, why don't you just go ahead and start this up? If I recall correctly, you had said, yeah, I, okay, maybe, but I want someone to, to do it with me. Because you yeah. didn't, you weren't sure that you had the time or the, or the experience, perhaps to to drive a podcast mm-hmm. by yourself. And, and look, podcasts seem to always be so much better whenever you have multiple people who are exactly to each yeah. Other. Mm-hmm. So it feels more like a real discussion and not someone lonely in front of a microphone talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I. Uh, I responded to his post and said, you know, I have considered a Dwarf Fortress podcast. I have a couple of other podcasts as yet unpublished uh, that that I'm working on besides this. So 
I have the equipment and the and the know-how to record this stuff. So here we are. Roland, how did you uh, discover uh, Dwarf Fortress? Uh, through my favorite stream, actually. Um, it's uh, Joel from Vine Source, and yeah, I'm totally making like advertisement for him now, but that's fine. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he started like to play Dwarf Fortress a while ago, and I was interested in it. I didn't understand a single thing on the screen, but that's fine because he he told everyone what you could see like trees and stuff and stuff happening. And I was like, this is a good game. I want this. <laughs> so um, I just downloaded it and started to play it, but I had no idea how to do it. And I don't know. I never really watched any tutorials. So I played for two years until I finally actually got to play it real. Before that, I, I was going to ask you uh, what resources you used to assist you in learning. Well, basically just uh, Dwarf Fortress uh, Wiki. But that's it. So no videos, not anything. There, that's maybe because um, I don't enjoy listening to so many people. So I have only two YouTubers or streamers I listen to. I don't know. So that's... A reason for why my farts always look weird, <laughs> I guess. I'm trying to remember who it was that I first saw on YouTube for the Dwarf Fortress tutorials because <laughs> I I, I kind of was the opposite. The one of the first things that I did whenever I found out about the game was uh was go to YouTube to to watch some people play it and and do the tutorials. So I've not been playing nearly as long as you have. I've only been playing since last spring, so it's coming up on a year now. Hmm. I first heard of Dwarf Fortress on another podcast called um uh Roguelike Radio. Uh, are you familiar with the roguelike genre? Yes. So so I I was programming a I was I was learning to program a roguelike myself and I was going through some tutorials and I was really getting into the roguelike scene and playing NetHack and Brogue and <laughs> Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup and, and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. And I heard them mention a couple times on that podcast, Dwarf Fortress, and discussing, <laughs> first of all, they were discussing how insanely complicated it was. And also they would talk about how they didn't really consider it to be a true roguelike. Uh, just because it's more of a in in fortress mode, you know, it's more of a simulation. Hmm. So that's where I first heard of it, and a friend of mine who I work with told me that it was such a great game and that I should try it out. So finally, I downloaded it and found it impenetrable at first. <laughs> I watched a couple of uh, YouTube videos, and you know, I I walked through a couple tutorials. To, to first set up my stockpiles and set up, uh, you know, my first meeting area, disassemble my my uh, my wagon. And then I stopped playing and I didn't touch it again for a couple months. And I don't know what made me bring come back to it, but I came back to it again and then it, it, it caught me. I was hooked. 
Yeah, you have like to 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 overcome this small point, and if you go over it, you can never go back to any game because this is so immense. I also hesitate to emphasize the fact that it's a complicated game because, well, while it is, while it is an extremely deep game, it's not that hard to learn how to play. And as soon as you learn how to do just a few things that are basic to the game, like create stockpiles and and assign jobs, once you get to those those few things down, you don't have to know the entire game to have a blast with it. And mm-hmm. I still, I, there's lots of things that I still don't know how to do. And I've been watching videos and been exploring things on my own. And I have just, six months into playing the game, I have just started utilizing squads and military <laughs> I, I would just i would just run from things that were uh, trying to attack the fortress and i would try to <laughs> try to just block them off and... oh my god oh my god listen um I, it took me about real two years to actually get into military at all because before that, I just fumbled around with um, farming and trading food and drinks and good items. <laughs> and only after two years, two years, I was like, well, now I can finally do some military. How about that? Well, it took me forever <laughs> to even figure out how to, how to farm correctly. And it, I, I don't know why I was making it so hard. It's not nearly as hard as I thought that it was. No, it's and, not. And I would end up having, you know, after after a year, sometimes even before the first caravan would come, I think that I would be starving my dwarves and they would have no alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember those times. <laughs> so, yeah, somewhat I'm still in that stage. I, I've recently discovered that right now, I don't even tend to even worry so much about about getting food myself. I just dig down, get some gems, I cut them, and then I start trading those gems for all the food and, and alcohol <laughs> that the caravans bring in. And I seem to be getting by pretty good on that right now. Well, it is a way of doing it, I guess. Um, I normally, since I took two years um, of actually trying to figure out farming, um, I now overproduce food so much it's it's horrible it's absolutely horrible um my food stockpiles tend to like be larger than anything else in my entire fort and i'm a massive hoarder so i never sell them or do anything with it i just produce and more and more until my fort starts lagging because i have so much food problem with stone stockpiles i and i i know that you can do the quantum stockpile thing mm-hmm. but i i still tend to not do that much i will on my main level i will have a you know a 40 by 40 stockpile of just nothing but stones and then a couple layers down a couple z levels down i'll have another huge stockpile of stones i don't seem to be able to let myself just leave them in the halls Yes, yes, that, uh, that's some kind of OCD thing, I guess, because I have to clean everything up. Currently, I have about four stone stockpiles, which are massive. Um, one is actually one third of the entire map, because I dig so much. Um, 
I like to do wide hallways, okay? Uh, I really like them. I go too wide. I mean, what is too wide? Uh, sorry, I usually go two tiles wide on my hallways. Oh, two. Yeah, I go four. Those are large hallways. Indeed, but they help uh, reduce uh, legs, I think. I guess. And then they go long for... for, for I, I mean, there's no real reason why I do them so long and so wide. I just do it. I mean, it's some kind of role-playing thing, because I like to imagine that my dwarves have this spacious hallway and they like it and this is like torches on the wall you know and wide hallway underground i tend to to on levels that are below my, my main fortress level i will start doing exploratory digging and i i seem to really like gemstones so i'll do exploratory <laughs> digging and wherever i find gemstones i will get that little cache of of gems in that oh, I see. but the, yeah. the problem with that is after i have dug around on a particular z level for a while it is just completely ugly and trashed and it's completely disorganized <laughs> i'll have tunnels going every which way 22 wide tunnels that are have just destroyed any chance of having an attractive looking fortress level on that level. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I tend to do that too, but not in the real fortress level. So I just de dig deep, deep, deep down, um, almost over the magma sea, and then do that because um, I can easily like wall it off in case of, well, clowns. Yeah, so they just run around in my weird hallway tunnels and my dwarfs just put a wall somewhere and I'm completely safe again. I have had a problem lately with werebeasts and having the were... Uh, a were-llama has been my, my bane of my current my current fortress. <laughs> so I, I had a were-llama attack a couple, a couple, a couple years ago in game years and it infected one of my peasants that I didn't realize. So, you know, that peasant turned into a were llama and I sent out my hastily constructed squad to dispatch the were llama. And I didn't realize that I had in that, in that squad, I had most of my best skilled gem cutters, miners. So I sent them out. They all got killed. I don't know. <laughs> I set my fortress back way back because I've lost most of my my highly skilled people because of well because of my own idiocy. But fun with a capital F. Yeah, um, I think where animals are not that big of a deal right now for me. I mean, I have some crude military, and uh, if your military has some kind of protection, it's fine most of the time, at least. But I had one time where I had like a were mammoth or something extremely giant and just smushed all of my dwarfs in less than two seconds. And um, I think it ended with my one of my dwarfs actually remaining as the last one, becoming the mayor and severely depressed while trying to clean out the tavern of corpses. <laughs> mm. Uh. <laughs> it, it was depressing to look at, yeah. 
You know, I have not gotten, I'm almost embarrassed to, to say this, I have not gotten so far in a fortress yet where I have, um, I have uh, actually lost the fortress because all of my dwarves died. I have had this habit of getting to a particular level in my fortress, learning something new and realizing had I done that from the start, things would have gone much better. So I would uh, yeah. mm -hmm. go back, start again, and go for three or four in-game years, realize after I learned something new that I should have done that from the start. <laughs> <laughs> Lather, rinse, repeat. Well, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, yeah. But I can safely say that my oldest fort is actually 120 years in game. Wow. So it is long. And it, this is one of my mega projects, I guess, because I started the entire... So it's um, a giant world, and it's f highly populated. It has no history, just five years. And my mega project is to fill the world with dwarfs, then... Then came the update where you can send squads out, right? And I was like, well, how about this? I not only fill the world with dwarves, but I eradicate every single race. So <laughs> I just said dwarves, kind of genocide. Um, I tend to build like forts somewhere I can easily access some humans, elves, or goblins. And then I built this massive underground fort solely train every single dwarf for military, send all of them out uh, until this fort dies or I, well, killed every single goblin or human in my area and then do that again. And my oldest fort is actually 120 because I'm in the middle of, um, like, dark pits of goblins, so I have a lot to do. Uh, <laughs> I started the world in the year five, and the current year is, I think, 280, I don't know, something like that. So it took a long, long time to actually get there. I have Dwarf Fortress installed on five or six computers in my house. Primarily, I'm just playing it now on my, on my main laptop that I use for, for <laughs> development for, for computer programming. That is the the computer that has the fortress on it that I'm working on now. That is, I guess it's seven seven years old now. And this is the one that I have told myself that I am going to stick with. And we're going to let this fortress ride out to wherever it may be. And, and honestly, part of the motivation for that was because we're doing this podcast. <laughs> just have something that I can talk about. And come back to and, and give updates on. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can talk for hours just about this 120 year old forward. Well, and because certain, I'm certainly looking forward to getting updates on your quest for world domination. Yes, yes. There is even more than just world domination. For example, zombies or garbage flushing systems. And I mean, it's big. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not nearly uh nearly that that advanced yet. Hopefully <laughs> sometime. Not the great thing about the game is is you can take it to whatever advancement level that you want and still have a great time with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean it I'm I'm not playing on a very advanced level. I just 
play for a long time because I don't have any other hobbies. I had like free time and I spent days on this fort. It's horrible how much, how time consuming it can be. Especially if you get yourself into it in, in a roleplay manner. So you name all your dwarfs, you create backstories in your mind, you try to build things how you imagine dwarfs would like it. Do you limit <sighs> yourself on the uh, on the population of the dwarves in your fortress? Um, I usually do like uh, uh, 250 because over that and my computer says like no no i'm not gonna do that anymore <laughs> i wish i wouldn't have to sometimes i think well i've been watching some uh some videos for uh, from a uh, a youtube content creator called krug smash oh yeah if, if you've not seen his videos i i, I have watched them he is awesome. yeah he is he is yeah so <laughs> so I noted that he seems to usually like to keep his fortress populations down to, you know, to start off with around 30 dwarves or so. Mm -hmm. And I like that because then you can almost intimately get to know the, the individual dwarves in your fortress and, and know them very well. And where where once you get up to probably over sixty or seventy dwarves, I think that at least me, I would lose contact with <laughs> with knowing some of these dwarves so well. <laughs> yeah, or you are a massive mega megalomaniac, and you have like two hundred fifty dwarves, all of them named with backstories, and you know all of them especially those military dwarves because you sent them out so much. You you know even who is uh, married to whom too much too much <laughs> yeah I, I don't know that my mind could hold that but you know what it might especially if i've if i have had a fortress going for you know 250 in-game years then then it may not be so difficult yeah you you tend to like bond with pixels to the point that if one dies in some kind of accident or an attack or whatever you actually grieve about him and i don't have uh i don't have that much time each day to to play dwarf fortress but i do try to set aside uh at least one hour at the end of the at the end of the evening uh before i start getting ready for bed and all that i, I try to set aside an hour to just dedicate to my to my fortress, I try to do that every day. Uh, mm. I unfortunately don't have the the blocks of time available to spend four or five hours uh, on it uh, at a time, but I, I still get some great enjoyment out of it just in my hour a day or so. It's almost as though I'm just checking in on on my miniature people. Yeah, yeah, I I know where you're coming from. Um, I usually like just start my fort and then let it run and check every hour or so uh, if they have still food or drink drinks, which they do obviously. Uh, <laughs> and I just do some other things like surf or learn, study, whatever, because Dwarf Fortress is can run on its own. I have always wondered how how the dwarves will manage themselves. I mean, they're not going <laughs> to really dwarf, for example, if you don't assign him to make beds, 
if you don't assign any dwarf to make beds and you don't request uh, a bed work order from your from your manager, will a dwarf on its own end up making some beds if they need it? Well, sadly not. Um, so we I think have to manage to that level at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we have to like say make some beds. If you have um, DF hack, you can, for example, already tell them that you want rooms here and doors there and some beds in there. And then you can go over to the manager and say, yeah, like do some doors and make some uh, beds. And then they will slowly carve out the rooms and uh, equip them with beds on their own. That's possible. I do use the, uh, the the lazy newbie pack. I started off with just downloading the vanilla Dwarf Fortress and using it, and I might try that again sometime soon, but I did discover the lazy newbie pack, and I really enjoy um, Soundforge. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. I like SoundSense. I think SoundSense. Yeah, that's right. I think it's Rainseeker. It was either Rainseeker or Captaintastic that that did the voices uh, for the dwarves on that. And, uh, and I just love hearing the dwarves tell me that, uh, that, that there are new migrants coming in and, and things like that. But Ooh, vo- voices, there is situations where, for example, if a, if a, if a group of migrants comes in, you'll hear dwarves tell you, Hey, I've come to move in with my son and become a member of this wonderful fortress. And you'll have them telling you, oh, there's no more fish in the swamp. Things like that. Really now? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I have, to, I have really to try that. It also has a music track and a weather track where you can hear it raining. But I can't oh, cool. turn those off. But I hmm. really enjoy hearing the, uh, the, the dwarf voices. That's neat. They're, <laughs> they're in a stereotypical Scottish accent. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Dwarf. Uh well, when we're talking about um languages, I like to imagine that dwarfs, for example, are like really Scottish because I like I um I like Scottish dwarfs. But uh when it comes to like goblins, I imagine they speak German. And yes, I, I speak German, of course, but uh People tell me that German is this harsh language and sounds kind of angry. I don't understand that, but never mind. That's the reason why I really like to imagine that goblins like talking German and, and elves are like Finnish or something. Don't know. I, uh, my voices in my head of, of dwarves and elves and goblins uh, come from my exposure to the Tolkien not so much not so much the movies but i read the 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 tolkien the lord of the rings books whenever mm-hmm. i was a, a kid and i had in my in my own mind what the elves and the dwarves and the and the goblins would have sounded like i think maybe some of that was also shaped by the by uh these 1970s rankin bass cartoon production of <laughs> of the hobbit but yeah i i don't know that I think of them as any particular nationality, except maybe except maybe British. Everything's British, even <laughs> sounding British. 
or or posh and snooty sounding British or you know, the difference between London and Liverpool, I guess. Yeah, I don't even, to be honest, since I'm German, I only know a lot of the rings and the Hobbit in German. Uh, so I'm not even sure what kind of uh, like languages or accents they have in English. I, I heard that elves um, talk like Gaelic or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, Tolkien was a, a philologist. And I, I do believe that, that, yeah, that was what he had in mind for the elves. He wrote a complicated language and whole backstory for, for all of his universe. It's pretty neat. I, I used to be a pretty big fan of it whenever I had more time to spend digging deeply into things like that. Are there any more topics that you want to talk about? Well, well first, I guess, I guess we should talk about a little bit about what we see for the, or ideas for perhaps the future of the podcast. I, I do like the idea of getting people like like Joel from Vine Sauce and and Smash, <gasps> yes, we can get on here. Oh my God! Yes, um, I think it was Crux Smash himself that commented on another thing on the subreddit where Chile asked if someone is wants to help me with uh, videos or podcasts or whatever. So he himself actually uh, was interested in this. <laughs> oh, great. That would be awesome to talk to him. Yes. I, I, I first discovered him on, his, <laughs> on some of his later videos, and then I went back to the very first videos that he made, and it is, it is very interesting to listen how he developed through the, through the time span, through the span of his videos, he developed his voice character that he uses now Whenever he, you know, he says, hello, you bearded bastards. So, and that's how he sounds now. And it's a very nice character voice. And then in the early videos, he's using his own personal voice. It's, it's nice to see the progression of, of how he went from, from how he started to how he is now. And so, yeah, great. So I will reach out to him then. And, um, and, off offline we'll we'll discuss perhaps who we want to approach first but i did purposely suggest the name roundtable for this for that very purpose because i would like to have yeah. not even people who are necessarily um flying air quotes famous in the community but just anybody who wants to get on here and, and talk dwarf fortress with us i think would be great yeah 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 uh, that's why I like the the name too, um, because um, the idea of just getting the the normal player base to join you in talking and stuff, so you don't only hear people that talk anyway about the game, like Crux Smash. I mean, you you hear him if you watch his videos. That there, there is content from him, but uh, the normal player base does not really have content on its own if you know yeah yep yeah that would be great to be to be seen as their outlet dwarf fortress is just too awesome of a game it's just too big of a community to not be represented and i'm not saying that that i would ever officially represent dwarf fortress 
or, or that a podcast would, but there needs to be a podcast out there so that people can listen to it on the subway. Yeah. <laughs> That's oddly specific, but yes. <laughs> well, the subway on their commute to work, you know. <laughs> I, I, I listen to podcasts pretty much any time that I am not working or talking with someone else or in a situation where I need to be uh, applying my mind to something. I will be listening to a podcast of some sort. I've, I'm very much a podcast junkie. <laughs> That's a lot of podcasts, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have time to listen to all the podcasts that I've subscribed to. <laughs> hey, I'm adding another one here. That's great. Okay. I guess we are ready, perhaps, to wrap up this first episode. Yeah. At this time, I don't have the website up yet. That's fine. It's going to be dfroundtable.com and i hope by the time this uh, episode is actually released that i will have that up on dfroundtable.com you'll be able to find show notes um you'll be able to uh link to the actual dwarf fortress roundtable episodes and uh you'll be able to leave comments to interact with us about the show well you got anything else for us roland mm, i guess not no Okay. In that case, uh, until next time, this has been episode one of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, and we will see you soon. See you soon. <laughs> this has been Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. Join us for each episode as we discuss the game, the community, and the obsessive compulsion to play. You can find our podcast at dfroundtable.com. If you have any comments, ideas for discussion, or would like to appear on Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, please leave a message in this show's comment section at dfroundtable.com. The theme song is Sky Qlen by Kevin McLeod. Find Kevin McLeod's music at incompetech.com. The link is in the show notes. This is a Cassiterite podcast. All craft horsemanship is of the highest quality. It is encircled with bands of Cassiterite. This podcast menaces with spikes of cassiterite. On the podcast is an image of a pigtail in orthoclase.